Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Good afternoon, or good morning, everybody. Good afternoons for the next service. Uh, hey, we're so glad that you're here today. Uh, we are kicking off this new series called Fearless Families. And I just want to be honest with you. I just feel a special touch of God for this series. I, God gave this to me uh, several months ago, and, and I'm very excited about, about it. Now, as we get started today, would you agree with me that we live in a very fear-driven society? Would you agree with that? Anybody agree with that? Okay, thank you. All right. There's a, uh, would you agree that uh, like commercials that come on television are all about that? I mean, like, you know, like you're feeling fine, and then all of a sudden there's this infomercial about this new medication that's out, right? And it says, uh, do you feel a little down? Are you a little this, a little that? And I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like, man, I was feeling good until that come on. Now I'm like, hey, maybe that's me. But then they go over the side effects, right? And like, ooh, I'm good, you know? It, it is amazing. Uh, remember uh, several years ago when, when Life Alert come out, how that they always show a picture of someone that is uh, elderly that, that falls, you know, and they got to have that. I mean, listen, by the time that commercial's over, I'm thinking, I need one. I'm just like, you know, help, I fall, I can't get up, you know. Uh, and, so, and I'm just like fear-driven, those kind of things. Security systems, I mean, all of us have, you know, like security systems in our home. Why? Because we've been convinced that while we're sleeping in the middle of the night, someone's going to break through our door, they're going to get our children out of the house, they're going to do bad things to us while they're there. And, 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 you know, it's just hard. And so we, we all feel like every night you got to set the alarm, you know, because we're afraid. And, and so, I mean, this is just like fear, fear, fear is everywhere. And even sells. I mean, fear sells everything. Uh, a, a couple of years ago when our uh, family ministries pastor, uh, uh, Chesney Dorsey, and her husband, Danny, uh, they had, you know, brought their son home to the hospital and, uh, you know, it was like six months, he was like six months old. So one Sunday afternoon, Rhonda and I said, hey, we'll take uh, Drew home with us, if you guys don't mind, give you a break. And uh, they said, okay. So Danny gets his car seat, puts it in my car, and puts Drew in the car seat. I mean, he's all, you know, he's all ready to go. I mean, I just get in the car, Rhonda gets back there with him, goo goo ga ga, you know, the whole ride home, so he didn't cry. And so we, we get home, and it's, 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 uh, it's Georgia hot summer, and we get home, and I'm trying to, you know, I go out, and I'm going to get him out of the car seat. Well, I, I can't get him out of the seat. I mean, I'm pulling everything I can pull, and I cannot get, I mean, this is a NASCAR, poor harness seat. I mean, you crazy, and like, I mean, this guy, I mean, it's got tense, you know, I mean, it's like to the point where panic is set in, I can't get the child, how do you get the child out of the seat, and, and you know, it's that point where Ron and I are about to yell at each other, you know, you do this, you do this, and they're like, get him out, 
And so finally, the only thing I could do was unbuckle the whole thing and carrying the kid in the... <laughs> no lie. No lie. Okay. I think we end up calling, hey, how do you get your child out of the seat? So anyways, uh, that is a true story. But I'm saying fear makes us go the extremes, you know. We've got to have that. And, uh, you know, my parents' seatbelt was this. <laughs> you remember that? Okay, yeah, that's it. And so, uh, you know, but fear is, fear is the enemy. It's the enemy of our families. It's the enemy of relationships. And as we start this new year, as we start this new school year, I want us to think about how we can become fearless as a family. So, in relationships, I will tell you that fear is the hijacker. Fear hijacks relationships. It makes us defensive. It makes us want to hold everyone at arm's length. You know, even those that are supposed to be the closest to us, it makes us want to hold them at arm's length. I can tell you, when I first became a pastor, the worst advice I ever got was this. Pastors told me, now listen, when you become a pastor, you remember, you keep people at a distance because they'll hurt you. Are you kidding me? That's the worst advice ever. I've been the pastor of this church for 22 years. Have there been people that have hurt me? Yes. But for every one person that's hurt me, there's been 10,000 that's loved me, and, and, and I'm so glad I didn't take that advice. And so, you know, you can't live in fear like that. Fear makes you defensive. It will hijack relationships. So I, what I want you to know is that we have a, a passage of Scripture that we're going to look at through this next couple of weeks. And it's found in 1 John 4 and 18. I want you to look at it with me, and I want you to read it with me. Let's read it together. Look what it says. Come on, let's read it together. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Now, what he's saying to us right there is this, is that, listen, we have two options. Either we're going to let fear drive out the love in our relationships and in our families, or we're going to let love drive out fear and today that you have to make that choice you have to choose which one and, I, and i'm sad to say that many times in my relationships that i had l allowed love to drive or allow fear to drive love out and i want to keep that from happening to you so today we want to learn some ways to do that all right so if you'll just go ahead and and look at this with me uh, well, let me say this before i have you write something down in other words, we have to grow. Today, I want you to know that we're starting a season of growth. Like, like we're sending our students back to school, and we want them to learn so they can grow in knowledge. Because they can, listen, you can't get better, be better, till you know better, right? Well, today, I want to help us to get better. I want to help us to know better that we can get better. And so that means change. And what I want you to do is this. I know that when we think about somebody's got to change, we're always thinking about everybody else, right? I'm mean, like, you got to change, and you got to change, and you got to change. Right? I want you to take your pointer finger, right? This. I want you to point it like this. I'm going to get you to point it at somebody. You ready? Come on. Just do like this. Right at me to start with. You ready? Come on. And I want you to say, i got to change. Let's do it together. You ready? Come on. I've got to change. One more time. I've got to change. And so today is an opportunity for you to have change in your life that you can get better. And so the first thing I'd like for you to go ahead and write down is if we're going to have this change in our life, we're going to, there's three ways to grow as a family. And the first one is number one is give up. Would you write that down? Give up. Give up. I have to learn to give up. 
And so this morning, as we, how do we do that? There's two things that I have to learn to give up if we're going to get better, if my family's going to get better, okay? Listen, it can even be distant family. I don't, I don't care if you're 92 today. You have family, it needs to get better. Ready? And the first thing is this, is admit I was wrong. Did you write that down? Admit I was wrong. Years ago, there was a television show on called Happy Days. Some of you will have to Google this, okay? Uh, but it was called Happy Days, and there was a guy by the name of Fonzie, and he was the coolest guy around. Anybody remember that? Okay, you don't have to raise your hand, you'll show your age, all right? So anyways, uh, but anyway, Fonzie, every time he, something would happen, and, and he would need to say, I'm sorry, he couldn't say, he's like, I'm He never could say, I'm sorry, right? He never got it out. And some of us today, we think that we're Fonzie Authorelli, right? Is that his name? Fonzie, Fonzie Authorelli, is that right? Am I close? In the ballpark? Okay, all right. All I knew was, hey, that, the jukebox. Never mind, all right. Some of you really got to Google that. Okay, so, uh, so what I'm saying is that we have to learn to say I'm sorry. Now, I want to tell you, uh, we have to practice this, and we have to learn this because it's not easy. You can't just say, well, I'm going to say I'm sorry. No, you have to learn to practice to say this. So what I'd like for us to do right now is I'd like for all of us to practice right now. You ready? On the count of three, we're going to say, I'm sorry. Okay, we're going to say it like that. You ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. I'm sorry. Oh, come on. Do it again. You ready? I'm sorry. Okay, now you know what? You didn't die. So you can do that, all right? You can say, because that's the beginning of healing. Now, look, at this is not just Jeff talking. This is the Bible. Look what God says through his word. Look at it. It says, James 5, 16. Got your pens ready? I want you to circle these, these words. Confess your sins to who? Okay, why don't you circle that statement and put a number one by that. Number one, that's the first step. Confess your sins. That's saying I'm sorry. That's saying I was wrong, okay? That's it. Confess your sins to each other. And what? Pray for, pray for each other. Why don't you circle that statement and then put a number two on that. So the first thing I do is that I confess I was wrong, I'm sorry, and then we pray together. That's number two, and look what happens. So, so confession plus prayer equals this. Look at the last part. So that you may be what? Okay, there you go. Boom, that's it. That's it. That's, that is it. That's the equation right there. Confession, confessing that I was wrong, plus prayer equals healing. Confessing that I was wrong, plus prayer equals healing. You see, that there's nothing like saying, listen, I was wrong, I made a mistake, and I'm so sorry, but then taking the hand of the person that you offended and praying to Almighty God about that situation, then healing can begin. It may not be 100% healing, but that is the beginning of healing is that. So confessing, praying, healing confessing, praying, healing. If you need to be healed, that's a good starting place to happen. Okay, here's a statement that's coming up on the screen. I want you to read it with me. You ready? Let's read it together. If I always have to be right, I will end up being, and that is the truth. If you want to die an old, alone person with nobody around you, is you keep insisting on being right all the time. You see, in order to grow in your relationships, you have to give up the right to always be right. Wow. Did you hear that? You can always be right. And so if, you want, if, you, if you're always saying, well, you've got all the answers, you're always right, and you don't listen to anybody else, then, 
friend, you will end be alone. People will not want to work around you. Your family will not want to gather around you. You're going to be alone. And so we got to avoid that today. Okay, the second thing I would share with you is this. If you want it, we have to give up, and that is being angry. Write that down. Stop being angry. Stop being angry. Oh, this is so good. You see, there's a difference between getting angry and being angry. Getting angry, God has put that emotion within inside of us, like when someone does something to our children that is hurtful and harmful, our, our children get into harm's way. There is a, like a rage that comes over us that we need to protect. And that's what God's put inside of. He uses that emotion to protect. It's like an anger rage. Oh, no, you, you're not going to hit my child like that. See what I'm talking about? God put that inside of us. That's good. But here's the problem. When you begin to live on that emotion, being angry is, here's a, here's a symptom of it, is when you're walking around all the time feeling like you have to protect yourself because you think everybody's out to get you. You can't even order a hamburger without saying, hey, I told you that was two Big Macs, you dummy. It was like, Listen, I mean, you're always like, I'm, they never get it right. I got to straighten them out. You, you just go with that edge, you know. I mean, they, they forget to put ketchup on your burger, you know. Or they put ketchup on your burger. You told them not to. I told you not to do that. Come on, man. That's, an ang- that's being angry. And so, it, listen, let me tell you something. Being angry is a bad habit. It's a bad habit. Many people pick up from childhood or from peers or what. It's a bad habit. And it's one that needs, we need to get rid of. And so we have to learn to get rid of it. Now, here's what I want to tell you. You see, when you stop acting angry, angry, you'll quit feeling angry. When you stop acting angry, you'll quit feeling angry. Rhonda and I saw a prime example of this uh, the other day. We were, uh, I say the other day, it's been about a month ago. We were at Chick-fil-A, at a Chick-fil-A, and this lady begins to get irate I mean, right in the dining room of Chick-fil-A because they got her order wrong. I mean, I'm talking about off the chain, she's starting to drop some F-bombs. And the daughter is saying, Mom, Mom, Mom. No, no. I mean, the 10-year-old was like, Calm down, Mom, calm down, Mom. And she's going, beep, 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 this. I'm like, Lady, don't you know this is Jesus chicken here? <laughs> do not do that in Jesus chicken. We do not say the F-bomb in Jesus' chicken. So. So, anyway, so, so she begins to, I mean, she goes crazy. And I'm like, man, come on, you know, what's going on here? And so we have to understand that, you know, we got to watch this anger thing. And so I have this on the screen. I have it uh, for you. I put it on your outline because I want you to take this and, and practice this. You ready? Here is a commandment. You ready? A new commandment I give unto thee. All right? Not Jesus, Jeff gives it to you. Here it is. Look what it says. Thou shalt not lose one's temper in this house, especially if thou art the parent. Let's read that new commandment I've given unto thee. All right, you ready? Let's read it together. Here we go. Let's read it together. Thou shalt not lose one's temper in this house, especially if thou art the parent. Now, here's why. Look, I put this right upside. Look what it says. Out of control by you means in control by them, you've lost it. 
Whenever you say, I just lost it, I just went off, I just lost it. When you did that, you lost it, you lost control. In that Chick-fil-A, that 10-year-old had to gain control. You see that? She was the one that was in control. The mother was just going crazy. I mean, she was just nuts. She went nuts. And the, and the child is saying, hey, it's okay. It really is all right. It'll be okay. You see, when you lose it, somebody else gains it. And it's bad when it's a child that has to get in control because you get out of control. And so remember that. Remember that new commandment that I have given unto thee. All right? Okay. So here's the next step that I have for you. It's on the back of your connection card, and it takes a brave person to check this box. It says, I will ask God to remind me to break the habit of anger. To break the habit of anger. And some of you don't express it, but you've got it. And you need God to help you with that. Okay. All right, the second thing I would share with you this. One is give up. The second thing I would say, if we're going to get better, we're going to grow as a family, a fearless family. Number two is sharpen, sharpen up. Sharpen up. That's why we gave you these pencils when you come in. <clears throat> because this pencil right here needs to be sharpened. And if, listen, if, if people around you are honest with you, they would tell you that your love is a little bit dull. It's a little bit dull. And so we got to sharpen up our love in order that it might drive out fear. And as a matter of fact, uh, you know, we knew school was starting tomorrow too. And maybe you hadn't got by the store. Well, we'll give you a little heads up here, a little, you know, a little help. There we go. And so we have, to, we have to begin to sharpen up. Now, what I want to tell you is one of the ways that I've learned to do that, for me, is, uh, is not in the heat of the moment, but I've asked people around me, what is it like to be on the other side of me? I've, I've asked my family that. I've asked my, the people that work around me, what is it like to be on the other side of me? Now, you see, you see the good side of me. I mean, you see the fun, jovial kind of guy that's all the time but they work with me, you know what I'm saying? They see the guy like, let's get it done, you know? And, they, and, and my family. So I have to ask them that question because I want to get better. And so asking that question is a good question. So many times, the, the best way, let me say this, the best way is, number one, go ahead and fill this in. If you want to sharpen up, is learn to listen to others. Listen to others. Would you write that down? Listen to others. If I'm going to sharpen up, I have to listen to other people. Listening is sharpening love. If most of us in this room are so fixated on what we've got to say that we never hear what other people are saying to us. Did you hear that? Most of us in this room are so fixated on what we've got to say, defending ourselves, are wanting to hear what we have to say, that we never really hear other people. That's why, like, after 17 years of marriage, going and sitting down with his counselor, Rhonda and I, it was amazing to me because he looked at me and said, what your wife is saying is this. Well, I had heard those words, but I never heard them. Until that, that counselor re repeated them back to me. And as soon as he said that back to me, I was like, oh, she's saying that. It was like almost, she, I could see Rhonda say, well, I've been saying that for about 17 years now, you know. It's me, I never heard it. Even though she said it, I never heard it. And so today I want to encourage you. The Bible says this. Look what it says. James 1 and 19. Under this, my dear brothers and sisters, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be quick to what? And slow to? Slow to speak and what? To get? 
Get angry. Slow to get angry. So what I'd like for you to do is take, a, take your pen now and just draw a line from listen to anger. Because the more that you listen, the less anger you will have. The more that you really listen to people, the less anger you will have. And that is what we all need. See, listening to people helps us see what they see and feel what they feel and understand what they understand. It's listening that helps us grow. I want to share this with you. This is so true today. The moment that you stop listening to, when you stop listening to people, those around you, especially in your family, in your, in your work environment, when you stop listening to people, they stop hearing you. Did you hear that? When you stop listening to people around you, they stop hearing you. In other words, you lose your voice. Oh, you can say the words all you want to, but they don't hear anything that you're saying. And so when you stop listening to them, so it's a good thing. How do you become a better listener? I'll tell you, the best way to become a better listener is to begin to ask questions. Ask questions. Ask them questions about them, what's going on in their lives. Instead of accusing, ask questions. We'll talk a little bit more about that just in a few minutes. Okay, the second thing is this. Not only listen, but speak kindly. Would you write that down? Speak kindly. Speak kindly. If we're going to speak, we have to speak kindly. If we're going to sharpen up today, we've got to listen to others, we've got to speak kindly to others. So look what the Bible says. Proverbs 10 and 32. Righteous people know the, the kind things to say, but the who? The wicked. But the wicked are always saying things that hurt. They're always saying things that hurt. And listen, I've been wicked before, and you probably have too. You see, one of the ways that I would be wicked was is that I would say something to you and say, oh, man, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Well, the only problem is this, is that when I forgot that about five minutes after I walked away, the person who I said that to remembers it a lifetime. They say, you know, when you, when you, cry, when you say something jokingly in a jokingly way, they remember it. And dads... Dads, listen, listen, please listen. Your words have weight. Moms, your, word have, your words have weight. When you, whatever you say to your children, and you can say it in a, in a way that you mean in a joking way, they remember it for a lifetime. And when you, you've forgotten it after five minutes and they, they keep, it keeps playing over in their minds, and some of you sitting here right now, you're suffering from that because every time you try to move forward and every time you think about doing something, you have this insecurity that comes from the words of your parents that tell you you will never be or you are this or, or you know, you don't look good or whatever, and it plays over in your mind. And they've never thought about it again because they said they were joking. Dads, listen, especially with your daughters. Especially with your daughters. Be careful what you say. Your sons too, but especially your daughters. They remember it for a lifetime. They remember it for a lifetime. Proverbs 18 and 20 and 21, look what it says. It says, make your words good and you will be glad you did. Let's read what's underlined. You ready? Words can bring death or life. Too much talking, you would eat everything you say. You would eat everything you say. I want to say one more thing before I move off of this. This is so powerful, so powerful. Watch this. Here's what I want you to know. Your opinion about something should not be given on an issue that is not moral. Watch this. For instance, 
Your opinion should not be given about something after a decision has been made. Let me say it. Your opinion about something should not be given after a decision been made if it's not a moral decision. For instance, when Rhonda goes gets her hair cut, and she comes home and says, what do you think about my hair? I want to tell you, okay, now I've been stupid, all right? I'm going to tell you, I've, all right? Do you know what great wisdom is? Great wisdom is learning from somebody else. And so take it from me, all right? Here's some, you learned this so you don't have to be stupid like I did. It took me a long time. She'd go to get her hair cut. She'd come home and ask how, how, what I thought about it. Well, I used to think that meant tell her exactly how I felt about it. Okay? That is not wise. What I want you to learn is, uh, see, because after, this, after it's already done, there's nothing that I can do about it, right? There's nothing that can change. It's there. So if I say, oh, man, that's a, that's a crappy haircut you got. Well, guess what? Not only am I sleeping on the sofa for the next three weeks, but also, I mean, like, every time she goes to get ready, she's going to think about that, and so she's got to live with it. So what I've learned is this, is that, listen, when it doesn't matter, you know, when a, a decision is already made that's not a, not a moral decision, she comes home now, and it doesn't matter, every haircut's good. You know what I'm saying? Why should I put that extra on? Why should I say that, no matter what I think? Why should I say that? Now, the next time, now, when, when should I give my opinion? The next, she says, hey, I got a hair appointment and, and next week. That's the time to say, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, last time you got that cut a little bit short, and, and I like it just a little bit longer. That's the time to give the opinion before the decision made, right? I mean, like, you made the, somebody might have went and bought a brand-new car. You know, they bring a brand-new car by, and it's the ugliest car you've ever seen in your life. I mean, it's just an ugly car. You know, some people buy ugly cars. I don't know how they sell, they sell ugly cars sometimes. And they can come by, you know, and they bring it by. They show you they got a brand new car. You know what? Well, listen, they've already signed the paperwork. It's their car. Do not say, man, that is the ugliest car I've ever seen in my life. You see what I'm talking about? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know what you say? You're like, man, that, that's a cool car. That's a unique car, right? That's a unique, that is a unique car. That is, that is an awesome, that is a unique car. And so you begin to, you know, say it like that. And so what I'm telling you, so keep your opinions to yourself after a decision that's not moral is already made, and you have more peace in your home, all right? That's great wisdom, right? All right, now turn to somebody and say, do you get that? Go ahead and tell them right now, do you get that? That's right, that's great wisdom, great wisdom. On the screen, look what it says, on the screen. Let's read this together, you ready? If I don't like what I'm seeing in others, I must watch what I'm saying to others. Come on, you read it out loud. Come on, let's read it. You ready? If I don't like what I'm seeing in others, I must watch what I'm saying to others. And that is the truth. Man, that's, a, that's, that's an SEC statement. It is so true. And let me just say this before I move off this topic. Listen, nagging never changes anyone. Never. It will not change anyone. <laughs> That brother needs a ride home. <laughs> I love my church. <laughs> they told me to hurry up the first service. Now I'm I got stumbled here. Watch this. I just want you to know, I don't even know where I was at. Shoot. 
Nagging doesn't help anyone, that's right. But bragging does, bragging does. Rhonda and I was on this trip, and uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, we was out west, and, and we were at our hotel, and we were going to a restaurant that was nearby. And so we went, and it was like real cloudy. I mean, it looked like the bottom could fall out any moment. And we didn't bring it. I mean, like, we didn't bring the umbrella. It's like, oh, you get there. It's like, man, we didn't bring an umbrella. And so I, I was like, uh, what are we going to do if, uh, what you going to do if we get here? I said, well, uh, what are you going to do if it rains real hard? I said, you going to get wet. And I was joking, of course, right? Before I could say I was joking, she looked at me and she said, Jeff, you'd never let that happen. You're too much of a gentleman. You would never let me get wet. <laughs> the brother's wet. That's all I can say. The brother is wet. I mean, you know, I mean, like, I'm just saying what she said then just, it just affirmed something in me. And I can tell you, not only then, but the rest of the trip, it was more like, let me get that door for you, you know, because she affirmed something she saw inside of me. And you can call it manipulation, whatever you want to call it, but it works. <laughs> you, whatever you want to call it, it works. I'm telling you, that, that one is a long way, so I'm just saying, man, it works. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Okay, so I have a next step for you. Look what it says. The next step says, I will, I will set a reminder to listen to others and watch what I'm saying. You need to put that on your phone, a reminder to pop up and saying, okay, am I listening and, and, and am I watching my words? Listen, I'm telling you wisdom. I've had to practice this in my journal. If you were to go look in my journal from a year ago, you would see at the top of my line, I wrote that. Jeff, you've got to listen a little more. And watch what you're saying. Because I understand that my words have weight, and so do yours. Okay, the third thing is this. You ready? So we've learned to give up. We've learned to sharpen up. And now we're going to learn to lead up. And that means set the example. Set the example. Set the example. To lead up, we have to lead ourselves. And let me just tell you something. Your habits matter. Your habits matter. More is caught than taught. So your habits, listen... Your children are going to take your habits to an extreme. They will, they will take your habits up to a whole nother level. So if you got bad language, let me tell you something. Your, your kids are going to step that up. Whatever your habit is that's not a good habit, you got to fix that now because they will take that to a whole nother level. It always happens. They take it to an extreme. And so that's what you do matters. So how do we lead up? The Bible says this, Matthew 7 and 12. So in everything... Let's read those next four words together. You ready? Do to others what? I like that word, what. Stop right there. What you would have them do to you. Now, how do you do that? There's two things here I want to give you. The first word is I want you to write down is give. 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 You have to give the right things. The Bible says you've got to give. And every relationship needs giving. We have to give. We're generous people. We have to give. So how do you know what to give another person? And this is key. Listen to this. This is key. How do you know? First thing, you might want to jot these down. The first thing that you got to do is ask questions. Remember that? If you want to know what to give, you got to ask questions. So you might want to write this down. Here's some questions. How can I help you? That's a good question to ask people in your family. How can I help you? Here's another one. How can I pray for you? That's a good question to ask people in your family. Here's another one. Here's a good question. How can I bless you? How can I bless you? How can I, how can I bless you? And here, here's, the, here's the last one I'll give you. But listen, this is so key. 
How can I make you feel loved? How can I make you feel loved? Because we're going to assume the people in our home want to, the, the way that we feel loved, we think they'll feel loved that way too, and it's not true. How can I make you feel loved? You see, like, like when I, uh, the way that I feel loved is like, you know, uh, is like when I could, you know, Rhonda, I like her to give me a hug, you know, and she'll just rub my back sometimes or whatever, you know. I'm like a little old puppy dog, you know. Matter of fact, ladies, maybe that's a good thing. Treat your husband like a dog. You know, just when he comes in, just pat him on the head a little bit. He lay down, rub his belly a little bit. He's happy. Treat him like a dog. And that's why I'm like, hey, just treat me like a dog. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and when she does it, so, but you know what? With her, like that's the way I like it. So sometimes I'll go to her and I'll just grab her and I'll just squeeze her real tight. And she's like, I can't breathe. And then she's patting me on the back. Okay, that means let go. Like the wrestling, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, like the tap out, the, you know, the, uh, the uh, arena fighting, you know, when they're in the cage fighting, they tap out. That's what Rhonda does. She taps out. Like, look, I'm done. All right, oh, no more hugs. I'm doing good. That's not her love language. She doesn't feel love that way, but me spending time with her makes her feel loved. And I had to learn that. It took, listen, it took me 15 years to learn that. Don't be stupid like me. Learn it, man. There's a book called The Five Love Languages. Read it. Save yourself. <laughs> Save yourself. The, and the next one is this is forgiveness. Would you write this down? Forgiveness. So we, in relationships, we have to give and forgive, give and forgive, give and forgive, give and forgive. Listen, forgiveness is not forgetting. If you could forget something, you'd never need to forgive it. So how do you do that? I'm going to give you three things real quickly to do that. You can just jot these down. Is first of all, you've got to let it out. You've got to let it out. You see, listen, there's some of you today, you can't work it out until you let it out. There's people that have offended you and your family that's done something that's hurt you, and they don't even know it. And you think, well, if they love me, they should know it, and they don't know it, and you're carrying around this unforgiveness, and they don't even know that they've offended you. You've got to tell them! We're not mind readers! We don't know! And there's this wedge, and fear is driving out love. It's driving out love because there's unforgiveness, and we don't know it. And so you got to get it out. You can't work it out until you get it out. You got to get it out. And the other thing I would say is this is that not only get it out, but you got to let it go. You got to let go of it. You got to get let go of it. You know, we're talking about uh, letting it out. Like, there's things that we do that offend each other. Like, listen, man, there's things that happen that I don't even understand. Like, yesterday, last, yesterday evening, Ron and I was walking out of a restaurant. I don't know if she was walking in front of me, and I don't know what come over me, but it does. She's walking in front of me, and, and I was just trying to be a little funny, so she walked, and I just took my foot and boop, right on her backside. You know, it wasn't just a little, little booty boop. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, but anyway, I probably shouldn't have said that, but anyway, it's just like, you know, my foot, I just like, she was, she was there, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just did it. She turned around and looked at me. And when she did, it wasn't happy. I thought it was going to be happy. I thought, hey, I'm just, I'm just sort of, you know, cutting up with you, like hoping that it's going to be good, you know? <laughs> wasn't good. Not good. Not good. So I had to file that away immediately. Never, ever do the booty bump again. Never, never again. I don't know. I don't know, but I... But I learned, you see what I'm saying? 
He looked, don't do, don't do, that's not good. Never again. So I'm saying you have to let it out. Okay, the last thing is this, is stop bringing up the past. You have to stop bringing up the past. Listen, you've got to get it out. That has to happen. And in order to stop bringing up the past, that means you stop talking about it to all your friends, to everybody else. You stop talking about it. There's times where you've got to get it out through a counselor or whatever. That's okay. You've got to understand that. And there's times that you... But listen, you cannot keep talking about it every day and expect to get over it. You just cannot. You have to learn to let it go. And so my question to you today as we wrap this up is what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What, what fear in your life is driving out love? It's just making you hold people off. You, you just can't let them go. What fear is it? Because fear will kill love, but love drives out fear. It drives it out. And we want to have fearless families. So today I want to ask you something. It all starts with God. Today, in order that love can grow, you've got to have God in your life because God is love. And here's what I want to ask you. So today when we begin to pray, you've got two questions. Two questions for you. What does God need to give you? What do you need to ask God for? Or what do you need to ask God to forgive you for? Look what the Bible says. Acts 3, it says this. So, turn to who? Turn to God. Turn to God, give up your sins, and you will be what? Forgiven. There is a forgiven. God wants to forgive. That's what he says. Then, then, that, uh, then that time will come when the Lord will give you what? Fresh strength. See that? So God either wants to give you something or forgive you something. And you know what it is, and you've got to ask for it. You've got to ask for it. And today, before we can go any further, you get it right with God. That's the first relationship. You get it right with God. Because if you are afraid of God, you can never have love growing in your life. If you have fear of God, you'll never have love growing in your life. So go ahead and ask Him to forgive or give whatever you need today. And the main thing that you may need today is salvation, my friend, to be a Christ follower. That's where it all starts at. So today, I want to end this service with a prayer to become a Christ follower. And you know who you are. And while I'm praying that, if that's not you, you know what you need to pray. Would you go ahead? Well, as I'm praying, in your mind, you ask God for whatever you need, or you ask God to forgive you for what you need and forgive you for. Today's a powerful day that we're banishing fear. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as the Lord and Savior of my life. Please help me today turn from my sins and know you and do your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.